another edition of Robin's Ramblings. I am Robin Brady, and if you live in Chatham, Kent, you have undoubtedly seen around town messages that are super colorful and super poignant and sometimes funny that have been duct taped to the wall. And if you have seen those, then you know that they are done by Mark Reinhardt. And he is joining me today for a little porch sesh. <laughs> Thank you for coming over. Thanks for having me. <laughs> On such a beautiful day on this porch, this front porch. <laughs> so we have been, over the last several months of this pandemic, finding ways to sort of draw the community together. And you were one of the first, it seems, to have come up with any kind of idea that was, I don't know, galvanizing, I guess, that mm. everyone sort of, you know, the first message that you put up, the be apart, stay together. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, yeah, that's awesome. And then you kept going and going and going. But I know that that's not where you started. Obviously, you have been an artist for quite some time now. Yes. But graffiti duct tape was sort of your thing long before any of this. So take us back totally. to sort of the start of your your duct tape days, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it was funny. I, I laugh with uh, friends where I say, um, I think as an artist, you have certain mediums that you try. Um, you go through a number of different mediums to find the one that works. And for me, it was either yarn or duct tape. And you told me, tell me 10 years ago that I would be like, uh, <laughs> that would be my way to communicate with people is through duct tape. <laughs> I would probably would have laughed at you, but um, yeah, no, I, I started um, as a way to, I was using duct tape as a cheap material, as a material that I could get a number of different colors and as something that was necessary, um, necessarily temporary. So um, a piece of tape comes off a brick pretty easily mm -hmm. and it goes on pretty easily as well. So I could get away with doing some temporary graffiti work, some interventionist kind of work, like interrupting spaces. Um, and it was a way for me to, um, and especially in some of the exploring parts, be a bit non-committal with some of my ideas. Like the idea could kind of wash up on a wall for a little bit and then I would take it away. So I could try things out without having the responsibility, a necessary responsibility to them, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so I started doing that all over the place. Um, and then started working more with, um, tagging specific buildings. Um, when I lived in Kingston, I would tag buildings that were going to be torn down um, and buildings that a lot of people didn't want to be torn down. So it, it became a bit more politicized that way. And then here, when the pandemic hit and it seemed like uh, all of our systems kind of disappeared in some ways, you know? Yeah, yeah. I... I guess my default was to duct tape and I just thought I got to do something and there's people have something to say so I think that this is maybe how I can be helpful is helping privilege or profile certain ways of thinking so then I just ran with it. Did you have any idea that it was going to grow as much as it has? <laughs> Not at all oh my gosh I was happy just that the library said that they wanted to partner the library is amazing and I they said, well, can you do a message on our on the library? And I said, yeah, yeah. And then like 65 and then some buildings later. <laughs> Crazy. I've been duct taping a lot these days. And because you've done you've done public buildings, you've done uh, you've done some companies as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you've done people's houses. How 
Do you come up with the ideas on your own? Is it sort of a collaboration with the, the business owner or the homeowner? I have some ideas that are just kind of always kind of bouncing around in my brain, but I, I like it to be as collaborative as it can be. Um, well, like you and I have gone back and forth yeah, yeah. about different ideas and different phrases or kind of what what is a family or what is a business or what is an organization do you want to say? Um, and then we kind of wordsmith it back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it depends on the size of the building. If there's a large, um, if there's a lot of real estate and there's a lot of space to work with, then the message can be a little bit bigger. Or, But yeah, I, I try to make it as collaborative as possible. And you and I sort of, towards the very beginning of all this, when you first started doing the duct taping, um, we talked about uh, sort of the archival point, not not point of it, but sort of the benefit of it, of having something to look back on once we've come through the other side. How is how is that coming together for you? Yeah, totally. So I, I mean, literally I take pictures of everything, so I document everything. Um, I have a few other plans of ways to document the experience with either mapping or some like postcards, um, which I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. um, but it, what the interesting thing that has been starting to happen, um, uh, the messages have started to kind of shift, I think, a little bit. So um, they, I never set out to be necessarily inspiring with the messages. That just when I've been working with people, that's the kind of messages that people had to share. So they went kind of that direction. And then now I think as we've kind of headed, made it through a portion of this process and now we're starting to think about, okay, how do we move beyond this? And how do we, what does our world look like after this? Right. Um, we, it's become a bit more, maybe a bit more political to say, there's one I did recently that is, um, now is a time to do things differently. So it's, it's starting to, I think the messages messages are shifting to help inspire people to think about change, think about what are things that we've had to let go of that maybe we don't need to grab a hold of again. Mm -hmm. Like what are ways of thinking that just don't make sense anymore? And how can we rebuild our community in a more strategic and a more compassionate kind of way? Yeah. I read, you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, but and I was reading an article about you this morning from when you lived in Kingston mm -hmm. and talking about the um, the interruption and that using art to interrupt. Totally. Is that, do you find that that's something that you're using it for now that you're, you know, to sort of like shock people into thinking differently or whatever? Totally. So it, the fact that it's on these physical buildings, this physical infrastructure, and the messages are specifically speaking to people. I think it's a nice collision of social infrastructure and physical infrastructure. So we, I think, assume that these systems that govern us are just here forever and we can't really do anything about them. But this experience has proved to us that we can and that they are a lot more agile and mobile than maybe we're told or that maybe that we think. So if we're not satisfied with a per, with a particular aspect or if we think that we need to make some changes then we can and now is the perfect opportunity to do that like what more time or what what better use of our time than to imagine a future imagine our future together that's just wild right. to think about have you had any big challenges with this project or just your art because you are a very public 
with your art and and doing things out in the community and as a way to sort of connect the community have you had any pushback um honestly in this kind of iteration once the first few um, installations happened and it started to gain some traction uh i haven't had tons of pushback which has been which has been great i've actually a lot of people who have reached out to me to say i want my building i want my (laughs) institution done which has been incredible what i think i'm mindful of especially in this moment of um, conversations around systemic racism and black lives matter i'm trying to be as as um, as aware as i can be about how i'm engaging with communities of all different kinds and what types of messages are being put out there and and how the work that I'm doing with the community can help kind of move the community forward. So I'm trying to be as aware of those, the potential for pushback as much as I can be. Um, and and to that, so the messages will kind of keep churning and keep going, but I have a few other projects in the queue to kind of extend the conversation, not just through the, the duct tape messages, but exploring what it means to have a healthy and a safe community. So talk to me about art as, not not just the duct tape, but art in general as being a more public way of binding a community or raising issues that the community needs to hear or that you want them to hear. Yeah. Um, When I mentioned before about when I first started doing the duct tape um, and I could put up something and then take it down that it had this ephemeral kind of quality that I I wasn't held to that idea. I could just kind of realize it and then take it down. I think that's one of the things that art can do is help us imagine futures. So that we don't necessarily have to commit to a particular future, but we can imagine one, kind of play it out a little bit and see how it might work. And then we can imagine another one, and then we can imagine another one. So we're not necessarily committed to them, but it gives us a lens to see ourselves and to see a world in a particular way and then we figure out will that work will it not um, so that's yeah my mind kind of heads there first I think too and maybe this is a bit of a tangent um, <laughs> go for it I've been trying very good to stay on topic but I my brain <laughs> my brain tangents a lot so I, I might I guess my brain also goes to Robin when we think of um, the May 16th event that happened in Mm Chatham-Kent and the Black Lives Matter march that happened um, recently in Chatham-Kent and all over, but recently in Chatham-Kent too. Um, And frankly, I just drove by the Civic Center and there was a small protest going on for um, ending the lockdown. Right. So the interesting thing for me from an art brain or a culture brain is um, all those events, all those three different protests or marches are all using um, sign making and like protest signs as a way to get their message across. Right. So the idea of like propaganda art and protest art and and the process of I just need to spray paint a thought down on a canvas and get it out because I have a message to say mm-hmm. references some really interesting like punk alternative art culture from like 70s and before of um, and I think it shows how art has a role to play in helping us not just in an art quote-unquote context, but in the overall context. It helps us make sense of things and be curious about things 
and communicate something that we want to communicate. Yeah. I think um, we have a number of mutual friends in sort of the arts and cultures community. Yes. Um, They're great. <laughs> they Hi, are. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, but there's been a lot of talk online about the importance of arts and culture in a community mm -hmm. and that, you know, here we are in the middle of a pandemic and we've had all of the normal distractions and commerce and all that kind of thing sort of stripped down. And the one thing we have left to rely on is arts and culture and artists and whether it's music or TV or whatever we're using to distract ourselves now mm -hmm. all boils down to arts and culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I think that needs to be something that we take forward with us that, you know, we're always talking about ways that the world will be different in the aftertimes and the new normal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that the importance of arts and culture cannot be one of the things that we leave behind. I totally agree. And it, it, it has to be, um, so well said, it has <laughs> to be more and more people have to, if you believe it, then you got to stand up for it. Right. And, 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 to be curious about um, just the different ways that arts and culture can be part of your day. Um, I know um, uh, Robin and her neighbors have had some <laughs> some had some dance parties. Yeah, we have some porch <laughs> dance parties, which I love the idea of. So it can be as as straight up community based as that. It can be when our cultural spaces open back up to engage with them. Um, by either attending virtually or, or in person or um, or just being really engaged with how you imagine your future and that you those imaginations once they're thought of can happen in real life but we have to kind of imagine them and think how they could be before they actually are so I think that um, I'm with you I hope that art has a really essential role to play in helping us transition from one moment to the next mm -hmm. you know and i think not to get political i i try Do it. i try really hard not to get political in anything but <laughs> um the the funding of arts and culture that you know like we as a people seem to understand mm -hmm. the importance of it but to have levels higher up to say yeah that is an essential service yeah and it's you know, it's just as important to everyday life as everything else. Yeah. Somebody said, um, and I'm not crapping on bridges at all. I'm just using it as a, as a phrase and an sure. example. But a, um, a local cultural worker has said, we can repair roads and bridges, but if they lead to nowhere, then what's the point? I like you know? that. And I, I use that just to say that um, you can value it. Um, intrinsically like you can know that arts and culture makes sense but especially right now it arts and culture is an economic driver it's a tourist destination mm -hmm. it can be its value needs to be supported in a, in a public way but also in a financial way like we we need to be looking at how an investment in the arts and culture is an investment in our community and telling the story of our community in some really really fascinating ways how have you experienced, because again, you've been doing public art for quite some time now in Chatham-Kent and elsewhere. Yep. Um, how has the, the public's acceptance of that changed over time? Uh, slowly. Yeah. <laughs> Not there yet. Well, I think it's, it's a, 
it's a moving target. I think it's it's evolved, and I think it's heading in the right direction. But I still think we got a long way to go. I think that there are. Huh. Now I'm trying not to get too political. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think that there. I guess what gets me excited, maybe I'll phrase it this way, sure. is there's an opportunity right now to define what an artist living and working in Chatham-Kent means. I think it's been a certain way for a long time, and I think that for better or worse, we've all kind of gotten used to that way, mm-hmm. and now I think is a time with that because everything else has been blown open let's blow that open as well and just and just see see where the pieces fall and then kind of like a jenga tower we'll build it back up again and then we'll start pulling pieces out and building like let's try it this way let's try it this way i think we need to be taking some risk and i think there's more room for more risk nice are you willing to lead the charge for that risk yeah, but like not by myself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that's the fun thing. That's the, the thing that's happening is there's this interesting awakening happening. And maybe this is another way to answer that question is I think that there's art has been a certain way overall, but I think in Chatham-Kent a certain way for a long time. And there's other folks in the community who are like, oh, I actually think that maybe I'm an artist. Like, I think the stuff that I'm doing is artistic. Like in it, it's people are starting to wake up a little bit and mm. think, oh, I have more of a role to play in this than I thought that I did. And I think that that's really exciting. And that's when we're going to start to see more artist collectives pop up, more people just trying things, this kind of this think tank working lab um, concept of, of artists, like residencies and things. I think Chatham Kent is a bit of a playground for that, of just like, let's try stuff. Like, what do we got to lose? Right. Why not? Love it. Yeah. Um, not to get too heavy, but mm. I want to talk about art as a form of therapy. Oh. And especially in, you know, the last couple of months, I think, where more of us have been relying on outside art, but also finding new ways to sort of build and create and play around with things. Um, Elizabeth Downey is a great example of that, having, you know, she did a, a series of... Sorry, I'm not familiar with Elizabeth's work. No, I know you're not. You're complete strangers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was leading a series of um, daily art classes uh-huh. until her internet crapped out. I know. <laughs> but... Oh, rest in peace, Elizabeth's internet. <laughs> but I've, I've noticed a lot of that going around, that people are sort of finding ways to help themselves through art. Mm-hmm. Talk about that sort of in a in a, a pandemic sense, but a broader sense too, that of, of art as being a way to, to heal. Yeah. So um, one example, when I've been chatting with artists, both in Chatham um, and outside of Chatham as well, is that, um, and a lot of people have been doing this, whether you consider yourself an artist or not, um, baking. A mm-hmm. lot of artists in those first few weeks have turned to baking as this, uh, like a, the culinary arts yeah. as a practice. Yeah, and yeah. have just been like, I made this amazing um, focaccia bread or I made this incredible pie I've just made making pies and pies and pies and um, so I think that's kind of one interesting specific way that people have been turning sure. to it I know myself um, I was a gymnast growing up and I've always been like in my basement dancer so 
I have turned to that. I've really gotten back into like a, I dance a couple hours a day of just like feeling the music, shutting off my brain. I have no responsibility to anyone or anything and I just dance and it's been really good at connecting back to something essential mm. um, and something really um, like tactile where I can feel the ground beneath my feet or um, wherever I am. Um, and I, I think it kind of goes back to, for me, to, to that I don't know how to be in the world. I could be really anxious about where, what the future looks like, whether it's do I have a job or do I have a home or am I ever going to be able to hug my parents or like some of these big kind of emotional quandaries that we're kind of navigating through. Um, and I, for me... Personally, and I've seen it with other folks where art has been that grounding practice they, that they go to. Um, and in another life, my partner and I run a, a yoga and Pilates studio, yeah. so movement space um, called Body Language. <laughs> uh, polite plug, polite plug. Um, <laughs> and and we, we have conversations about this all the time of trying to find a practice of um and it can be anything it can be painting it can be sketching it can be going for a walk it can be chatting with friends on a porch mm -hmm. it can be what's something that you can that you know that you can do that you're that helps you get from one moment to the next and um whether that's specifically a creative art or not I think being mindful of a practice is something that's really important right now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. This is the first time I've actually looked at my notes in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you use to inspire you? If you're, if you're in a funk, if you're having... Marijuana! <laughs> <laughs> Aside from medicinal. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to. I had to. But what do you use if you're if you're in that way? You know, you're you're having trouble getting the creative juices flowing. Mm -hmm. Where do you go for inspiration? Yeah, um, nature. Um, in specific spots. Um, I'm lucky enough. My parents have a cabin um, out by Lake Huron, so I, when I can, I try to get to the lake as much as I can. I, I like being when I get too stuck in my head. I like to think about. If I stand at the at a lake, if it's really windy, a big wave could come and knock me out and take me away. So I, my problems aren't that big, you know. It just helps yeah. me kind of get some perspective. But um, if I need a little pick me up, I I like to go places where I can like see the sky. We were talking about this today, like mm. seeing the blue sky or climbing a tree or feeling connected to something that's bigger than than me help me get out of there um oftentimes for inspiration i go for bike rides uh the repetition of just like one pedal then the next pedal then the next pedal then the next pedal gives my body something to do so that my mind can just kind of wander a little bit um and i love music that's a big inspiration for me and in the past little while, especially with the duct tape messages and having conversations with people, I, I find that um, super inspiring because I can be stuck in my own head, but if I 
have a conversation back and forth, like a little tennis match with somebody, then it just helps kind of sculpt where my brain's at a bit. So that's been, that's been a nice, um, something that I've remembered in the past little while is how important connecting with other people is, whether that's a conversation or reading what somebody wrote or whatever. So you've done, what you said, 65 duct tape messages so far? How about that. What comes next? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Since you asked. Yeah. Um, I have a couple projects that I'm working on. One is... Um, um, I'll dangle some carrots. Yay! So one is like a, a mobile space um, that I'm still kind of figuring out some of the details for. Um, and then one... There's a little gallery in Toronto. It's called Queen Specific, um, and it's if you, um, you or your listeners are familiar with Toronto, um, it's right by Dufflet Pastry on Queen Street. Okay. Um, so it's like kind of Queen and Bathurst area. Yep. Um, and if you don't look quickly, like you'll you could walk right by it. It's a two foot by two foot by eight foot gallery space, and then so nobody can go inside it. Um, but you can see the entire gallery. Hmm. So I've been looking at alternative spaces in Chatham-Kent to turn into gallery spaces that you can't necessarily enter, but you can see the entire gallery. I love that. So there's a few sp spots that I've identified, and I mean, stay tuned. Yeah. Keep, keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> Not too much of a tease there. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, you do have more duct tape work to do because you are duct taping my house today. I am. I, I'm so excited that I managed to wrangle you into this. <laughs> if you come to my house, I'll do a podcast with you and then you can you know, sort of do some work. That'd be great. It is but, my pleasure. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming. This has been a very enjoyable chat and we will have to do it again sometime. And I'm very, very proud of Robin for doing her podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Oh, goodness. You're a goof. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening today. I, as always, appreciate the time, and we will talk again soon.